Hi, this is Spencer. I had a different episode planned for this weekend before I realized it was Easter, and the arrangements for that didn't work out because of the holiday. And so, enjoy this short Easter message instead. What does it mean to you to roll away the stone? How have you rolled away the stone from your tomb of denial in recovery? Welcome to episode 147 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Lucy. She used the donation button on her website. Thank you, Lucy, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. I hope you will find something in your sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today, along with my dog Jake and a supporting cast of birds and frogs as I sit out here in the woods behind my church on this Easter Sunday. You may also hear occasional airplanes passing overhead. I want to start with a reading from a blog post titled Resurrection from Deadness. Another message of Easter is resurrection from deadness. The things that prevent us from feeling alive. Things like fear, cowardice, and lack of conviction or purpose. Things like loneliness, grief, and depression. Things that numb us to life. As was so eloquently expressed by the Reverend Sarah York. It is as if parts of ourselves die and we stuff them away in a tomb of the soul. Within each of us there may be something that has died. It may be hope, joy, or trust that we have sealed away in the tomb with a great stone rolled across the entrance. Something happened in some good Friday of the soul and a part of us died. The safety of the tomb, having grown cold and lifeless. Roll, roll the stone, roll the stone away from in front of your hearts. Scrape your elbows and knees if you have to. Walk out into a new life, unimagined, yet your own. As you walk into the light, choosing to love instead of waiting to be loved, make your own sun with the embers of life still glowing deep within your souls. I want to start with that concept of resurrection from deadness, where deadness is these things that prevent us from feeling alive. Things like fear, cowardice, lack of conviction, or purpose. And I know that when I... When I came into recovery, I was living a life of fear, uh, fear that my loved one would perhaps suffer the ultimate consequence of her addiction or fear that her addiction would just lead us out of the life that we were living as we ran into financial difficulties or otherwise, uh, fear that she could injure herself uh, or our children. There were a lot of fears. And I really had no conviction that I could do anything about it because I had tried so many times and in so many different ways without any effect. I would say that, that I was definitely not feeling alive. I was I had that deadness and I had locked away things like hope and joy and serenity and and they were not accessible to me. They were in the dark. 
She says things like loneliness, grief, and depression, things that numb us to life. And I don't know about you, but for me, the alcoholism in our family uh, caused me to isolate, caused me to withdraw from friends, caused me to withdraw from family. And yeah, I was lonely. An image that our minister brought up in the in our sermon today is that is that of the stone and the tomb representing denial of things that we don't want to accept. And she points out that when something horrible happens, when maybe a loved one dies, our first reaction upon hearing of it is almost always a single word to say, no, no, that can't be true. Oh, I won't accept that. And that in the early stages that this denial is actually potentially healthy, that it allows us to come into acceptance of something terrible having happened, come into acceptance of grief, come into acceptance of loss without having to feel it fully. But that eventually, on the third day, if you will, we need to to roll away that stone. We need to, to shine the light on what it is that we're denying. Because if we don't, then it stays in the dark and it, and it festers and it pulls us down and it, it numbs us and makes us dead to life, as the, as the reading said. And when, when I was in denial about my wife's alcoholism, when I thought, well, she just needs to drink less, she needs to drink normally, I was unable to move forward because drinking less, drinking normally was not something she was able to do. And it was not something that I was able to bring about. Because I had locked away any possible acceptance that there was something more serious than just drinking too much going on, I wasn't able to move into a solution. I wasn't able to move into any kind of recovery. But, you know, I was not able to to break that denial on my own. I was not able to roll away that stone on my own. And just as just as in the the story of Easter where Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene are, are walking to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for burial and they're wondering who's going to roll away the stone because they knew that that they themselves were not capable of doing that thing. And they had faith that, that there would be somebody, that there would be help to do that. And of course, when they get to the tomb, they find that the stone has been rolled away. And the agency of that rolling away is, is interestingly explained differently in, in the different versions of the story in the different Gospels. In one, we hear that God caused an earthquake to roll away the stone. And in another, we just hear that the, the stone has been moved and we don't, we don't know how. And, you know, that really echoes what I found in recovery that, you know, my denial started to break open and I started to, to find, to bring out into those, into the light, those things that were entombed in the darkness of my soul. You know, the possibility of hope and joy and serenity. 
I had no idea. I had no understanding. I had no explanation of, of how that happened. It just, it just happened. And whether it was God or whether it was the principles and tools of the program working in my life or whether it was my higher power working through my hands and, and my mind, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that the stone was rolled away and that what was sealed away came out and that my denial was broken. But, you know, there's a message here that when we find ourselves in this situation where a great sadness or our joy, our life has been locked away behind a stone, we often need help. And that help could come from prayer, that help could come from working the 12 steps, that help could come from therapy. But the the message that, that I'm bringing today is that it was not possible for me to resurrect my own life by myself. And I found, I found that help, I found that resurrection in the recovery program of the 12 steps and in the fellowship and in the tools of this program and in the support of of a higher power that I sometimes name God and that I sometimes am not sure I believe in. But what I do believe in is that it did happen. And so as I was sitting this morning listening to the Easter message, listening to the message of resurrection and listening to the message of of the stone, the stones that are that we all have in our lives and that we all need to have rolled away. I got this this message, this hope, that we can find resurrection in our lives from whatever has brought us down. That to do so, we very often need the help of something outside ourselves, the help of something greater than ourselves. And that there is hope of resurrection, there is hope of recovery, even in the darkest of times. After a short break, we will continue with our lives in recovery, where we talk about how recovery works in our daily lives and in our meetings. The first musical selection, and for this episode, I I found three songs uh, about rolling away the stone. Uh, And there there actually are are a bunch. Uh, If you Google roll away the stone, roll away your stone, um, you you will find a number of songs. The first one that I chose is by Mott the Hoople, and it's called, Hey, Roll Away the Stone. No, it's just called Roll Away the Stone. And some lyrics here. Roll away the stone, roll away the stone, and in the darkest night, I'll keep you safe and all right. Roll away the stone. In this section of the podcast, we talk about our lives in recovery. Yesterday I went to my step meeting, and we were talking about step seven, which is humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings and and there's a number of different topics in the reading, uh, and one of those is about humility. And the book Paths to Recovery says, in part, In humility, we possess self-esteem, accept ourselves as we are, assets and defects alike, and extend the same acceptance to others. And I've always thought about humility as acceptance of who I am, but I hadn't really ever thought about the fact that in humility, I also extend that same acceptance to others in my life and accept them for who they are. I think that's something that, that I have learned to do in this program, but to have it 
it called out explicitly there was a really good reminder. I was also reminded uh, during the meeting of this idea that the stuff, whether it's physical stuff or spiritual stuff, the stuff that I am not able to bring myself to throw away that I'm holding on to for some reason, can often get in the way of finding the stuff that I need. I think in my life there's two clear examples of that. One is in my closet where I have a bunch of clothes that I have not worn in years, but that I hang on to because, hey, someday they might fit me again. You know, trying to lose weight and and maybe all these shirts and stuff that I have that I haven't been able to wear because they're too small, maybe they'll fit me again. I actually, you know, it's very unlikely for some of them that that's going to be true, but I haven't been able to, to bring myself to get rid of them. And so they're there. And when I'm looking for something that does fit me, I have to sort of paw through all the things that don't fit before I find, you know, the shirt that I can wear today. Um, And this is also very clearly true in my storage area in my basement where there's all kinds of stuff down there that has been there for years. Uh, I think some of it may still be in the boxes that uh, we moved it into that, into the house we're living in now. Let me think 28 years ago, they're still in those boxes, but you know, I might want it someday. I can't throw it away. But what that means is that there are huge piles of stuff that I don't use, that I haven't used, that I probably won't use. And when I'm looking for a particular thing that I do want to use, all those piles of boxes kind of get in the way. Not to mention filling up the basement. And so this reminder that my life could be a lot easier if I let go of stuff was was an important one for me. Um, really need to to look at that and to look around my, my life and say, okay, what is maybe one thing, one physical thing that I can get rid of today and look around my spiritual life and say, what is, what is one thing that I can really let go of that is old behavior, is old thinking that I don't need to hang on to and, and that I can, I can let go of and that will lighten, lighten my spirit as my, as I go forward in my life. So it was a good meeting. Got uh, some upcoming topics. Uh, one that was suggested to me recently uh, by somebody volunteering to talk about it is meditation. So I think we'll, we'll take a look at that. And next week, I want to talk about another of the, the gifts of Al-Anon. This one says, We will discover that we are both worthy of love and loving. We will love others without losing ourselves and will learn to accept love in return. Do you find yourself worthy of love? Do you find yourself worthy of loving? Are you able to accept love? Are you able to give love without losing yourself? How has this changed for you? Have you found this gift coming true for you in recovery? Share your experience, strength, and hope with us. Join our conversation here by uh, by calling us at 734-707-8795 or by sending email to feedback at com. We'd love to hear from you. Please join our conversation. You can find out everything you need to know about The Recovery Show at our website, therecoveryshow.com. It includes notes for each episode, links to the music that we talk about, an occasional blog, and links to other recovery podcasts and websites. If you'd really like to join the conversation, consider being a guest host by phone or Skype. Email feedback at com if you're interested, 
or find all the contact information at therecoveryshow.com slash contact. You want to take a short break before looking at our mailbag? Our second musical selection, also available on the website, is again called Roll Away the Stone. This one's by Leon Russell. And some lyrics here. Roll away the stone. Don't leave me here alone. Resurrect me and protect me. Don't leave me laying here. What will they do in 2,000 years? Okay, we got some email this week. Hello to the Recovery Show crew. I have something important that I thought your more experienced group may be able to provide some insight on. The powerlessness of the fact that my father, who is an alcoholic, is dying is what brought me to a recovery program. As I understand, grieving is part of the process of recovery, especially for the child of an alcoholic. Is it possible and advisable to work through the steps of recovery, which includes grieving, while at the same time struggling through the sadness and loss that comes from an active alcoholic parent who has weeks or a few months left to live? I don't want to waste my last conversations being bitter and angry or distancing myself from him too much. However, it is occasionally necessary for me to protect myself from him too. Thoughts? Suggestions? Thank you for including music in your show and on the website. Music has an amazing ability to tap into parts of me that I forgot existed. After, above all, music is able to put into words many numb feelings, and songwriters are, thankfully, able to make pain beautiful. Please consider highlighting Annie Humphrey's song, Father in a Bottle. Her song describes the sadness and loss from the perspective of a daughter of an alcoholic father in a very simple yet reflective way. Bless your path, L. And, and thank you, Elle, for your note. Um, I think it's perfectly um, advisable. Uh, is that the, the question you used? Possible and advisable to work through recovery while at the same time struggling through the sadness and loss that comes from an active alcoholic parent who has a few weeks or a few months left to live. I think so. There's a number of, of reasons why I think so. One is that you will find in the fellowship other people who are in or have been in the situation that you're in and being able to share their experience, their strength, um, their hope as, as they work through the same thing and to understand that in a very deep way that, that you're not alone in, in your struggle, I think is, is really important and very helpful. I know that for me, just when I came, first time I came to a meeting, I knew at the end of the meeting, I knew I was no longer alone. I knew that, that there were other people who, who really understood what was happening in my life. Um, and, and I worked the program as, as my wife's disease was progressing, uh, as, as her drinking was getting worse. And as she came to a point where basically that was all she had to do with her day, she was not at the point where she was dying, but uh, I knew that that if her disease progressed in the way it was, that she would be. And having the program available to me, having the tools of the program and the support of the people in the program and the support of the higher power that I found in the program was really important to me for being able to, uh, for a number of things, for being able to, to just live, for being able to find some serenity and happiness, but also, and very importantly, with regard to, to your, one of the things that you ask about, um, or that you speak about not being bitter and angry and not distancing from him too much, that that working this program and coming to understand the disease of alcoholism and how it affects us, those of those who drink and those who are love the people who drink, 
Um, understanding that enabled me to find compassion and forgiveness for my wife while she was still in the grips of her disease. And, you know, this can happen. And it didn't take a few weeks. It took uh, longer than a few weeks. But um, I really believe that that working the Al-Anon program, that working the program of recovery can help you to get closer um, in a healthy way, in a way that doesn't destroy your spirit to your father um, in his last days. So I really encourage you to to work this program um, and to reach out to people who have suffered a similar loss, to have them share with you their experience and their strength and their hope. My, uh, my wishes are with you for that. Carrie has a question. She writes, Hi there. Super grateful for the show. It's been my meeting in a pocket, as I heard another listener describe it. I tell all my friends about it, and some of them are hooked too now. I'm looking for information on the chat room, but can't find it. I also don't see it listed when the next recording time will be. Also, in the episode where you told us Swetha and Kelly wouldn't be a part of the podcast anymore, I thought I heard you say they wrote a letter that you would post, but I can't find that either. Thanks so much. Sorry for all the questions. Best, Carrie. Yeah, okay, so a couple things here. One is that, and I think I mentioned this a couple of episodes ago, that um, not really doing the chat room and the live um, feed anymore because uh, it's it's just not something that, that at this point I'm able to do uh, consistently. And and I think that when you're going to do uh, live stream, that consistency is important. It's also technically difficult to do when I have uh, guests who are joining me by phone or Skype or something. And and since the chat room is part of the live feed, the chat room is not available at this point. It may come back, but uh, I don't I don't see it happening uh, in the near future, at least. I will post a link, and I, I sent Carrie an email with a link to the, the letter from Swetha and Kelly. It's it's way back in uh, I think December of 2013, so it's it's quite a few pages back if you're trying to find it on the website. And no problem, questions are no problem, Carrie. Thanks for writing. Denise asked a question uh, via a comment on the family episode with Mara. She writes, Hi, Spencer. Can you post the reading that Mara read? Do you know where she got it from? I wanted to share it with my Al-Anon group. Let me know. Thanks. And I asked Mara, and, and she replied by email, As I recall, the book I was reading from was Pia Melody's Facing Love Addiction. She also has a book, Facing Codependence, that preceded it, but I haven't read that. She works these addictions in light of the 12 steps and certainly used language that I could immediately relate to. Many people in my Al-Anon circle have read it and found it very helpful. Denise, I hope that that helps you. I want to thank people who've left reviews in iTunes. I got one from Patricia in the USA. I've been in recovery for seven years from addictive substances and behavior, and this podcast really adds the daily help I need to keep me showing up in relationships and maintain my codependency in check. Thank you for the amazing topics every week. This is so helpful. Thank you, Patricia. iTunes reviews and ratings help to make us easier to find by those in need who are seeking recovery. And also, if you're if you're in iTunes, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. That also helps. It doesn't cost you anything to listen to The Recovery Show, but we do have expenses which run about $60 a month. You can help to support us and keep us on the web and in your ear. We have a donation button on the website where you can support us directly, just like Lucy did. And thank you so much, Lucy. The last song selection before I close is Roll Away Your Stone by Mumford & Sons. 
Again, you can listen to that at therecoveryshow.com slash 147. A few lyrics here. Roll away your stone, I'll roll away mine. Together we can see what we will find. Don't leave me alone at this time, for I'm afraid of what I will discover inside. And that that verse to me just captures what we do in Al-Anon. That we roll away our stones together and we're with each other. We're not alone when we're looking inside and maybe afraid of what we're going to discover. Thank you for listening and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.